Welcome to another Midwest Flyways podcast, and guys, we just have a very special guest for you tonight. Joey is gone, and we've replaced him with someone much better. His name is Ben Bredingen. He's from Onyx Hunt. Ben, thank you for coming again. Yes. So happy to have you here. Carter is also here with us. Carter, say hello. Hey, what's up? All right, there we go. Uh, Ben, you're having your first Outlaw beer. I am. Which is a sponsor of the Midwest Flyways podcast, so we always try to get a real feel for, like, what do you think about it, man? Do you like it? Yeah, it's good. It's, It's a light beer with flavor. That's a great way to put it. It's got, I give it a, you know, I want, I, I like to score things here. So this is like a, okay. a drink of like a flavor and yeah. then like, a, I call it a mass consumption rating. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The mass consumption rating is highly important for our listeners. Yeah, I just exactly. want you to know. <laughs> so I think we'll be mostly focused on that, but go ahead. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to hear your rating. Get a sip. One sip. Right. Everybody knows the rules. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's got flavor, so, like, I don't know if flavor and, like, mass consumption are, right. like, opposite, but okay. I don't know. I could probably drink, in a sit, like, sitting down, I could probably drink, well, who are, I could probably drink, like, 18, 20 of them. Right, So, right. you know, it's pretty dang good. <laughs> yeah, the mass consumption yeah. rings, all right. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, flavor, too. It's got flavor. I could have, like, two of them, but I wouldn't want just two of them. So, I, I, I give it high marks. Yeah. It was pretty good. You didn't give a rating though, so okay. Yeah, well, we're, we're gonna need a rating actually. All right, so I gotta take another drink here. Okay, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. You kind of set us up expecting like some oh, yeah, kind of number. Yeah. All right, so I'd give it, I'd give it like an eight and a half for mass consumption, because the flavor does ruin some of that. Sometimes yeah. it's just. Oh yeah, no, for sure. And then I, you know, for it's a not lot, a Keystone Light. Yeah, and we don't know what it is though. You got we got to figure that out. If yeah. it's a lager, what it is, but. Right. You know, if you know, we're just gonna rate on a logger, I'd probably give it a probably a nine. <laughs> that's that's a real high mark. Yeah. Exactly. I, mean, I mean I'm comparing against other light beer, it's pretty yeah. damn good. So Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Uh that should be all you guys need to know. So if it's in your state, mass consumption rating, solid. Yeah. It's you know, in terms of wizard staff, we haven't seen any wizard staffs yet. Uh we've seen some other wizard staffs, not outlaw, but we're still waiting on that wizard staff. So Please send us in your wizard staff photo. Uh, we're still waiting on one. But Ben, thank you for trying the outlaw. Yeah, I don't. We've think, got so many more. Well, I don't have. know if I don't know if I can make a wizard staff tonight. It's a Wednesday night. <laughs> yeah, no, it's <laughs> but not I guess so. Fine. All right. Talk yeah, me talk, into it. talk me into it. Yeah. Good man. Uh, <laughs> we'll get that going. Carter, can we get some intro music, dude? Yep. How have you been, dude? I'm li- loving life, man. Yeah. We had a great, great fall that lasted forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got an still ex- going. Yeah, we got an ex. Well, it's it's about to come to an end. Yeah, but and our weather was just it was bananas. It was great up here. Yeah, great for like living. Yes, well, and for you know pheasant some hunting, pheasant hunting, grouse hunting. It yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. If our season went for another, you know, if the, our Minnesota season went into December, it would yeah. be a ridiculous season. Yeah. But I'm sure everyone down south just hates us right now. Dude, if you could have hunted all December, I mean, would you have come home? What do you mean? You would have just been on the road hunting. I would have been here hunting. Yeah. I was here hunting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I could, I would have stayed here. Yeah. I mean, for ducks and stuff, it was, there were... In the lake that I live on, or live next to, 
I mean, it, it, I think it just froze up. It was the latest ice out in recorded or freeze up in recorded history. I think the the second one, the one that we beat, I think was in 1998, which was December 24th that it froze up. And we were, I drove by it the other day and it was finally froze it well, you know, into January. So we had, I mean, we probably had at the peak, there were probably, I don't know, seven, 8,000 geese on there and probably another 5,000 mallards. And then who knows how many divers. Yeah, it was silly. And the season was closed. Holy shit. Yeah. I know, I know where you live, so yeah. that's unbelievable. No, yeah, it doesn't happen <laughs> like it. That like we'll get a decent flight, but nothing yeah. like that. Yeah, I, I kept seeing fly over my house. I was like, man, I better go drive to the lake and see what's going on over there. And it was yeah. shit. It was wild. That's so. unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, the hunting was pretty bad, though, man. I'm not gonna lie. From a duck perspective, the ducks and geese were pretty tough this year, unless unless you were able to hunt them, you know, in December. Yeah. So like geese true. has been all right. Yeah, kind of like you know, late late December birds are still kind of weird to pattern though. Mm-hmm. Uh, but where have you been this year? That was been that's been amazing. Like I know you've been doing a lot of well, upland hunting. Yeah. yeah, I mean I was in, I was in Alberta, and that was silly. Like as yeah. it should be. Yeah, tell me about that trip. Oh man, that was crazy. I haven't been up there. I haven't been up there in probably ten years now. So I was just like kind of you know getting back into it and be like oh this will be fun this will be like it's canada it's great but until you get up there and see it again it's like holy shit this is like you just forget it's how different of a level it is than down here in the states yeah man it was crazy uh and the nice thing is so we knocked on probably i think i knocked on probably 30 doors when i was up there got uh, 28 yeses yeah no i mean that's that is one thing that people I think people don't necessarily know if I'm being honest. Um, yeah, when we so this was my first year ever going to Canada, actually. Yeah, so we went to Saskatchewan, mm-hmm. and um, I told Joey like, if we go anywhere and we don't go here, like once a year, yeah, then we're just fucking kidding ourselves, dude. It's yeah, it's silly, just yeah. everything. And and on top of that, man, like if you know what you're doing, like you know how to go and try and scout and find birds, mm-hmm. it's not that hard to get permission. No, no, and it, yeah, and it's like when you go up, and I would drive around, I had like two days of like downtime. We shot some huns and did some duck hunting, and then I moved an area, moved to a different area, probably 100 miles, and my dad and my brother were going to meet up, and I had two days to scout, and one day I just drove around and just marked pins on roosts and feeds, yeah. and then the next day I was going to go around and ask permission, and I mean, I probably marked... 20 30 fields within like a 15 mile radius around this little town that it's like i would have hunted any one of them dude and uh, yeah i just everyone wants to give you permission yeah well the funny thing too is like everybody up there i think they just don't see any people Mm-mm. so i think like <laughs> legitimately when you come to the door they just want to talk for like 30 minutes man Yes. You know, they want they want to tell you who owns the land. They want to help you figure out how to get permission on it. They want to know how your hunting's been. They, like, we went to Doors, man, and people were like, they wanted to just chat. Yeah. Like, forever. You know, they just, they wanted to help in any way they possibly could. And everybody's cousin is somebody's cousin. Right. Up there. And so, like, if you find a field and you just go to, like, the nearest house, 
Mm-hmm. Someone knows somebody. Like, they're going to be able to be like, oh, yeah, no, my cousin Jeremy, he owns that down here. You got to go talk to him at the Big Red Barn. Exactly. You know, and there's yeah. no direction. It's just like, go as far this way. Then there's a big barn on the left. You turn right. And then, yeah. But so, yeah, man, that's truly insane. And I was like, I was mind fucked, to be honest by it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was crazy because. We were out there the first two days. Uh, we we were hunting snow geese. Yeah, you know. And so the first day we go out, which I've always got my ass kicked by snow geese. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had a, a couple of decent hunts, but like never where you're like in the spring, dude. Yeah. They oh, are such a motherfucker. Yeah. It's it's you could have if you hunted twenty times, you might have like one banger, a couple, a couple decent, decent ones. Yeah. yeah. Just a, yeah, it's a yeah. sucker. And dude, we went up there and we were with the guys from Born and Raised. Yeah. And I mean, Eric knows his way around that area pretty well. And yeah. so it was awesome to be able to be with him for like our, my first trip mm-hmm. up there. And, uh, but dude, like we shot 110 or something the first day, snow geese in a field <laughs> in like an hour and a half. And, and dude, they were just so committed. It was just the weirdest, like, most bizarre thing. It was almost like the way Canada's act, if you get on them good. Yeah. Where they just, you know, they come in. They're not questioning it. They're not, you know, messing around. They're just committed. Like, they're cupped up. And it was groups of 20. That's so fun. It was just, it was awesome to do that. Were you guys running, what were you running? Were you running full bodies or? Yeah, we were running full bodies. Yeah, that helps. All full bodies. Yeah. Yeah, Eric had a crazy spread. All, like, DSDs and SX decoys. uh, All full bodies. Yeah, yeah I, so. I just, we were going to, we, I went up there to bird hunt on Huns, and so I just, like, threw my little, well, you saw my little trailer, so I yep. just f- just filled that thing, packed it full of socks and silhouettes, and I don't know, I probably had, like, 90 dozen in there. Yeah. But. Dude, remember the time you put that trailer behind your car and drove it to North Dakota, and then we just put all those fucking decoys in that field? Yeah. And pulled all of them. And, it, oh, you want to know the funny thing? That's the last time I used those decoys? Yeah. I pulled them out of there, and I was like, Fuck! They're all still muddy, <laughs> yeah, wet. Dude. It was still wet in there. I never. I was like, ah, oh, shit! I meant to dry them out. So here I am, like two days before my trip, like setting out. Yeah. I, don't know, I think it was like mm, seventy dozen Just snow socks. And yeah, and I, and I had a, I had took my daughter's kiddie pool and filled it up and put soap in it. It was like, because I mean they were like the whole thing oh, was yeah. wet. It stayed wet for like whatever a year. Give him the Dawn dish soap treatment. Yeah, and then so. And I, and I stupidly, I set up in like the corner of my front yard cause I didn't want my dogs pissing on them and stuff in the backyard. Yeah. And like soon I filled a quarter, like all my front yard and I was like, shit. And I started just going into my neighbor's yard a little yeah. bit. And so yeah. got, and then I had a, it was cold at that time, but I was like, fuck, I got to let them dry. So left in there for a couple of days and neighbor never said anything. So that was That's nice. good. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were down for the movement. They knew what was going on out yeah. there. Uh, yeah, I will never forget that though. So like we, we went on this hunt in North Dakota, Ben comes out there, drove through the night, didn't you? Yeah. I think it left at yeah. like 2am or 2am. Yep. Yeah. Drove through the night pretty much got there. We were in a field and when you got there, it was like pissing rain. Yeah. It was like a sleety, sleety rain. Yeah. St- yeah. So we kind of were waiting on the weather and we got out to the field. We, we had seen so many snow geese. So we were like, Ben, please bring snow goose decoys. Yeah. And that's all he brought pretty much. So we get out there. We set our spread. We set out like, I don't know, how many how many dozen did you bring? We set well, like I damn br- near all of them, didn't we? I, yeah, I think we, well, I think I had like two bins. And I think we probably sent like 30 dozen, 40 yeah. dozen out. So 
Dude, we put out so many snow goose decoys, and those first groups of ducks and geese just did not want to commit. And we were like, what the hell, man? So we pulled all, almost, of these snow goose decoys. Yeah, they immediately wanted to come into that field. And then I was just like, damn, Ben just dragged this trailer out here with all these decoys. And we were like, dude, we're taking all these out. Yeah. But that's kind of the way it goes. Right. But yeah. Yeah, man. So, like, we shoot these snows. Me and Joey are out scouting, right, in the afternoon. Yeah. And... Man, we drove by this pond that I shit you not, and it had to have like five thousand mallards. Just in in this pond, I mean, it had to have been like a half acre. Damn, tiny pond. Dude. Yeah, and there's you know ducks coming in there trying to land on top of other ducks. You mm-hmm. know, it's just jam packed. Um, and that's when we were like, damn, it's really cool that we're shooting all these snow geese, but what the hell? <laughs> you know, yeah, we right. Be shooting some mallards, no dude. So. Uh, yeah, but then like trying to figure out permission on that, like everybody and their mom just wanted to help us find out yeah. who, who had that pond. And yeah. And I, and I don't know about you guys, but I, I didn't, I was up there for two, two and a half, three weeks. Yeah. And I didn't, I did not see another hunter. Yeah. There was, I didn't see anybody else on the road scouting. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't we see anyone at the motel. I didn't see anyone at the hotel. Yep. Nothing. It's crazy. Yeah. It's truly insane. It's, it's just so much different than you're used to down here where you're kind of like, you're scouting. If you're in like even North Dakota, mm-hmm. you're scouting. You're seeing other people. Oh, for and sure. And North Dakota can be fire. Yeah. But up there, dude, everything's fire. There's yeah. birds everywhere. You miss out on one pond, there's another pond. Exactly. Three miles down the road with another three thousand mallards. Yeah. It. And it's it, just yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. So so you were in Alberta mm-hmm. and you were there for a couple of days. Did you find something good? Oh yeah. 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 We we hunted a like a snow. It was a dark and light feed. And yeah, we, the morning we didn't have any wind. So like running a lot of socks, it was like, nah, tough. Yeah. So we, I just like, we'll just leave it out there and hunt the afternoon. And after that came and we just smashed. Really? Yeah. My dad, my brother and I, it's like, I think we ran out, we went through like a case of shells and I left all the other shells. It's like, we won't go through a case of shells. Went through a damn case of shells. Was it just you three? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So Do your dad and brother hunt quite a bit? No, my brother, my, you know, my brother... Not as much. He's starting to get back into it more, but no, I mean, they're not, they don't hunt a ton. Sure. I mean, we hunted growing up and whatnot. You take them hunting. Now, yeah. Yeah. Kind of the rules reversed. My, you know, my dad got me into it and we did a bunch of duck hunting and whatnot, but yeah, now I'm taking them. So. Yeah. But yeah, it was, that was bananas. And then we, f- I found this, it was a really cool spot. It was a kind of like you said, like a half acre pothole. Yep. And I drove by it and I saw a few ducks out there and. It, it was kind of, you know, it's really dry up there. So, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the bigger bodies. Yeah. And, and a lot of the ponds, like they're pulled back off the banks a little bit, but this yeah. one, uh, there was a like willows surrounding it. Good coverage. Yeah. And so I was, uh, drove by and it was probably, I don't know, maybe two, 300 yards off the gravel. And I was looking down in there and I saw a few ducks out there and I was like, what the hell? I'll pull out the binos. Looked in there and I started looking in the willows and it was just covered, like. And then they they could feel the pressure, like of me sitting there watching. Totally. And all of a sudden, you just see out of like this whole thing, just ducks start pouring out into the middle. I was like, oh, "Holy yes. shit!" So it, yeah, like, which is a funny response that a lot of guys don't think about, right? That cattail coverage. A lot of those ducks, when they want to feel safe, 
Yeah. They want to get away from shore. Mm-hmm. 100%. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's, that's something that like I've, you know, noticed and picked up on, you know, picked up on too, picked up on. Picked up on. That can happen. Yeah. Pretty easily. Um, <laughs> But, but yeah, I mean like when you sit and you watch birds or anything, if they feel like there's something pressuring them yep. on the outside of this pond, they will start to move into a pond, into the middle of it. Yeah. And that's just like a lot, you know, a lot of us, especially around here, grew up hunting big water. And yeah. like the the bane of our existence was setting up on a point or whatever, and they're going to go land a hundred yards out in the middle. But yep. then every time you go scout, you look and they might be sitting on shore, they might be loafing around in the edges, but they're not landing on the edges; they're landing out in the middle and, and they then swim swimming. In. That's right, man. And I don't know if you've ever had it, but I I can't. I'm trying to think if I've ever where you've landed ducks out in the middle and they've swam into the decoys. Oh yeah. You're good at that. I mean, I've I've had it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I've it's ever. It's not had... ideal, no, in a way. But if you want to water swat some ducks and just <laughs> take some ducks home, I mean, if you're patient, you can for you sure can... let them land and come in a little bit. Yeah. The hard part is most of the time you're hunting with people that are yeah. like loud, making noise, and if a duck lands out in the middle, they're like, oh fuck that duck. Yeah, those guys over there. Yeah, yeah. It's not a thing. So, but whatever. Yeah. But. So, anyways, we uh hunted that the first morning they came or the sorry the second morning and we went there early and i knew it was kind of a loaf pond i knew it wasn't a roost i was like whatever we'll go out there early and it was gadwall widgeon pintails and then a few mallards yeah and and like they didn't care they were <laughs> like i mean i didn't care how could you yeah so like we just we yeah, he's give we it just, up baby we cleaned up in like i don't know like 15 minutes it's like oh this is great oh. And then, and then we sat, we, we just, we cut up all the birds and whatnot, just like 400 yards away. And we watched thousands of mallards pour into this at about 11 o'clock in the afternoon or in the morning. I was like, oh, well shit, tomorrow we should definitely like, we'll wake up later. And so we got there at like, I don't know, 10 o'clock and just, we were landing. I mean, we had a couple of flocks that had to be hundred, 150 mallards, um, saw some crazy, crazy groups of pintails. We probably landed one group of pintails that there were probably 50, 60 birds in it. Okay. And there was shit. one Drake. Oh, yeah. Well, dude, that's kind of like, I mean, even when we were, uh, when we were out in North Dakota yeah. last year, I mean, we had uh-huh. all those groups of pintails coming mm-hmm. in and there was like no drakes in there. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we somebody... busted our nut a little early and shot too many hens. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, it was fun. And we should have just waited and shot some of the drakes that came later. Well, you never day, know, right? We had our limit of hens pretty quick. Yeah. You <laughs> never know what's going to happen. I know. Could the faucet could just shut off. But um, yeah, because like, you know, they were, they're coming in, you're getting ready to shoot. And I was like, I don't see any drakes. So I was like, not calling it. And then, you know, normally after that, somebody would be like, well, the hell didn't you call for sure, it or whatnot? Sure. And then I looked at my dad and brother and they're like, yeah, we, I, I didn't see any. We saw one Drake in the back. Yeah. So, but we just sat and, you know, one, we'd land a flock because this was, they were only up for three days. So we land a flock of like 50 and then, you know, one person would shoot into a flock of 50 (laughs) and knock one bird out and then another flock of 50 and then you'd shoot one. So it's like, I felt bad. I was like, well, I don't know. I'm not going to be here. There's no one else hunting here. So like, I don't know. I guess I'll educate the shit out of them. Exactly. (laughs) Like it felt wrong, but I was like, well, no one else, like the landowner I talked to, he's like, how many, I asked him, how many people ask for permission a year? He's like, I don't know. I might get one or two. 
And it's like, this guy owns like, I don't know. He owns probably 50, or not 50,000 acres, probably 20,000 acres. It's like, you have one person or two people ask. That's He's like, so yeah. Insane. Wow. So it's like, I didn't feel that bad then just educating the shit of, out of them. Yeah. But they'll forget yeah. it. Well, they're not even our ducks anyway. So yeah, those Montana Different folks. Fly, I was going to say, they, fuck them guys. Yeah, they can Montana, have dude. it. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's so funny. Uh, before we get back into it, Ben, one of our sponsors on the show is also RW Coolidge. I don't know if you've used their straps yet, but you can put some serious weight on their leather straps. Uh, their leather straps with brass ring, like they have the brass rings on yep. them. Dude, we put 10 like big Tony geese on those <laughs> things. And I, I told Kevin from RW Coolidge, I was like, dude, we're going to find out if these things can hold some weight today. And uh, they can, man. Yeah, you they should really try to can. break them. Like I come spring, like <laughs> see if you can get like a hundred snow geese on one of them. <laughs> That's the way to do it. Nobody would be able to lift it. No, no, you'd have to you'd have to rig something like get like a get like, like a, a poles all. Yeah, like a come along or something. Yeah, and just yeah. Like, like a poles all, like they lift yeah. deer with, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just strap on as many geese. That's what we should. That's a great idea. Yeah. Just test the limits of how many birds can sit on one of these straps. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it What's a lot. What's your over under? What what? Uh, how many do I think it can hold? I mean, like, ooh, like I feel like you'd run out of real estate in terms of how many, sure. n- n- like heads or necks or whatever you could fit in one of those. Yeah. How mean, many do you think you could fit in? I mean, you could probably fit. Do you think you fit ten heads in one of the one of the straps? Because they're just a loop system, right? Oh man, I don't know. Maybe five. That's what I was gonna say. And there's five. and there's what five aside? Yeah, five aside. So 20, 50, 50. So if we could get 50 geese on one, yeah, I'm good. I'll take one. If we can get 50 geese on one strap and hang it from a poles all, I think that would be a great way to show their durability. Now, would it break? I don't know. I I don't. Honestly, I I bet it wouldn't. I bet it wouldn't. Um, I bet if you let it hang there for a while, you might have some stress going on. Uh, just in terms of the fact that if you consider like every one of those being like an eight to ten pound goose, that that'd be a lot for snow goose. Isn't oh, it? you're talking about snow geese, yeah. yeah. And I mean, yeah, we're we're talking big fellows, yeah. If we're talking big geese, yeah. I mean, snow geese. What do you think a snow goose weighs? Six pounds? Maybe four to six. Yeah. Four to six, yeah. So, if you have five, <laughs> five per fits twenty five times. Math. Be about three hundred if it's six pounds a goose. Well. Five pounds of goose, five in each hole is twenty five pounds per hole. Yeah. Times five is what? One twenty five? Yeah. Two hundred fifty. Two hundred fifty pounds. I bet pounds. I can do it. I think it can do that. I really think I, it can do that, no problem. I expect that. Me too. I expect <laughs> a picture this well, spring. For you, dude. I mean, you only hunt when you're shooting fifty packs of pintails. Right. So you need those straps to hold <laughs> thirty, forty birds. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's a good way. We'll test it. Yeah, the we'll nice thing it. in Canada you too, there's no no limit on ducks, so that's nice. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, speaking of Canada, there's been all these like people freaking out about the bird numbers. Have you seen any of that? We just did yeah. a video like down on south it. You're talking? Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. And people are like, "Well, they're lying about all these duck numbers." Dude, it's they're I mean, in Canada. The si- yeah, the science, like yeah. Who did you read that? I can't remember who. Was it the Osborne Labs or someone? Did you see that? It's like they, I, it might have been Mississippi State, I can't remember, but it was like the correlation of every degree in temperature, it's colder. X, I think it's like, it was, I think it was Mississippi State. I don't know. 
Anyways, like for each degree cooler, it was like 10,000 more birds will end up in Mississippi, like average temperature. Holy shit. So it, I mean. That's so crazy, actually. When you think about it in like just a degree at a time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the snow line just never hit. I mean, we literally had no snow in Winnipeg. Yeah, it was up until a few was weeks ago. Fifty degrees here in the middle of December. Why? Oh, yeah. Why would the birds move? They've got <laughs> way better food up here. Yeah, they've got all the water. They don't need to leave. Yeah, I don't know if you heard, but me and Joey, uh, we have that pontoon, you know, mm-hmm. and we tried to. Uh, we waited too long to take it out the first time. Ah, so it froze in pretty good because you remember we had that pretty good freeze up. Yeah, and there was like six inches of ice. Oh, was it really? Yeah, there was like six inches in some spots. Carter, didn't you ice fish somewhere? Yeah, it was uh, five and a half on the lake I was on. Okay, because then it then it rained, and then yeah. that's when we lost the ice right before right before Christmas, right? Yeah, yeah, that same lake was open a week later. Yeah, so so me and Joey went to take this thing out. We were like humping it, trying to break ice, yeah. like three four inches of ice, get this pontoon out of there, <laughs> dude. We probably committed like seven to eight hours of total time trying to get this pontoon out, and we had moved it like twenty feet. You know, you should have just taken a chainsaw and cut a hole around it and just drug it on top of the ice. Dude, we tried, man. We broke a nice hole, and we had that thing, like, up on the ice. Yeah. It weighs so damn much weight, Ben, that it was taking the ice. It wasn't breaking it, but it was submerging the ice. So it's still sitting on top of the ice, but then it was sinking back down into the water. Ah. So we were like, oh, God. So we spent all this damn time, dude. We finally backed it up. And we pulled it up as close as we could get it to shore. Yeah. And we used a pole saw to pull it up by a tree. And we were able to get it up on the ice. I shit you not, fucking four days later, the whole thing was open. (laughs) (laughs) That's about how it works, The whole thing was open, dude. And we were like, holy shit, what a waste of time. Wow. But Should have just left it out there. I know, but we just didn't know. Like, we read so many reports and stuff online of, like, ice breaking pontoons. How big of a pond is it? A pond? Not that big, man. I mean, maybe... no. Three acres, five no. acres. Because I know it's like shelving ice, right? Well, it's, yeah, it's like if you have a big, big body of water in the spring, it breaks up, opens up on one side, say on the whatever, opens up on the north side, and all that wind and wave action creates those ice heaves, right? Yeah. But like you look at, for example, on all the lakes around here, like those docks, the city municipal docks that they just leave out in the water. Yeah. Because as long as it's not like the reason why docks get fucked up is because they're stuck in the ground right so you get that the poles are frozen in the feet are on the bottom the ice yeah. pushes it breaks a dock but if it's just floating with the ice i mean fuck it might float up into the reeds or float 100 yards that way with yeah. the ice but well we yeah i mean dude, I we didn't i you know more than me i mean <laughs> i was reading google articles and people were like damn don't put your boat don't leave it out there you're gonna have a big hole in your pontoon ah, that could be true and so we were like oh god you know we weren't like thinking we'd lose it necessarily we were just like do you really want to like we invested so much time yeah. and money into this thing we're like we're gonna do anything we can to try to right get it or yeah somewhat or something you get a chunk of ice that runs through the pontoon and the fucker sinks it's like, that's and that's what we didn't want to happen yeah. you know but dude that's such a small pond like thinking about it I talked to my dad about it, too. He's like, yeah. dude, how big is this pond? And I'm like, well, it's, you know, yada, yada. It's like three, four acres, maybe. And he's like, well, how tight are you to the cattails? I'm like, well, we're damn near in the cattails. You know, part of it's in the cattails. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. dude, that ice is going to hit, though. Like, the cattails alone are yeah. going to protect that thing from getting too, you know, shelved yeah. up on. And now we've got it so far up in the cattails, it's, there's, it's I'm fine. not worried yeah, about yeah, it yeah. at all. But, well, yeah, man. Crazy. The stabbing cabin lives to fight another day. That's right. 
That's right, dude. We were just worried that we didn't want to have spent so much time and money. You yeah. know, we were just like, oh, God, it would just really suck if we had, like, a hole in this right. pontoon. Because now we got to drag it out. And I don't even know how you do that, man. Have you ever seen that? You ever seen them drag something out from the bottom of the water? Like a pontoon or something? Uh, or yeah. A, do- a boat? I've, I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen, like, scuba divers do it. Like, How do they do that? So what they'll do is they'll lay their airbags, essentially. And they'll take the regulator and they'll fill up these. They'll get down underneath it, whether it's a truck or a boat, and they'll put these airbags, fill them up with the regulators, and then they float them to the surface and drag them to a boat launch, essentially. Wow. Yeah. Is that the same thing they do with fish houses? Yeah. So fish houses, like in the ice, it's a little different. A little different. They use uh, a lot of them are like cranes. Mm. So they'll set up like that big tripod, big tripod around it because generally generally it's it's going to be like a patch of bad ice or like for example if you drill holes in a fish house right and you get a bad wind you don't bank it well they'll start swirling yeah and it'll open up and that's when a fish house will go through so they'll set up so it's generally just that area that's bad so they'll set up a tripod around it and they essentially hoist that thing out Hmm. yeah cars all that kind of stuff but does Carter's got a question for you because we've we've been talking about it, so we know there's uh we know there's something in the works. Yeah, I've seen some rumblings. I'm a I'm a little bit of a fisherman. I've seen oh, yeah. Onyx is coming out with something. Yeah, yeah, we've got a we've got a new fishing app. Is that something you can here. talk about? Yeah, for sure. Tell me about it. Yeah, so, um, you know the logical extension, right? There are a ton of hunters that are also fishermen, right? And there's there's options out there, no doubt, but a lot of them are terrible. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like they're just they're bad. Yep. And and like the the contour lines are great, but other than like looking at contours and saying like okay, I want to go here, the functionality just isn't there, right? So yeah. we're gonna take at Onyx what we're good at, like our our UI UX, like it's just super easy to interact. We've got a ton of information, and we're gonna port that over to fish. We're gonna have you know all the contour lines and all the stuff you love about Onyx now. Um, got some other cool, really cool data that we have integrated too. So what's um, it called? On X fish. Hell yes, dude. Yep. That's cool, yep. man. Are they going to be separate apps or all in one? They're going to be separate apps. Yeah. Yep. Separate. Okay. But, but, um, if I had to bet kind of the rumblings, what we're talking about is like as an elite member, you're going to get you know, access to fish or, or A we'll be able to bundle it together. Sure. Yep. And yeah. also, to, you know, figuring out how we can, you know, if you want your data from hunt over into fish, you'll be able to do that as well. So, and that's so cool, man. Yeah. I've seen, I know it's like available for Minnesota from the web browser right now. Is there any tentative, like, is it 2024 it's coming out or nothing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yep. Sweet. It's going to be 24. Yep. Um, and it'll be an app, I assume, not just the web browser. Yep. It'll be on the, cool. be on the app as well. So it's either, you know, we're going to fully launch come spring probably okay so we're, we're getting close i know uh i've got a, a meeting on my calendar to test the the first web Sweet. or sorry the first app, app version. version so damn dude this friday that's so cool yeah that's really exciting is that something you'll be a part of or is that something you guys have like brought in other people to work on i mean you can't be stretching you so far huh? yeah um so so to start you know it's it's something that we've taken a lot of our team right now yeah and the and the thing is, is like uh, I'm kind of the go-to Minnesota guy. So yeah. And the, in Minnesota, we've got a 
ton of ice, a ton of fishermen, ton of ice fishermen, right? So Minnesota is really where we're planting our flag first. Yeah. So yeah, I've been been helping out as much as I can on that, and yeah. But yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be another team here pretty soon. So damn, dude, that's super exciting, man. Yeah, it's well, I'm excited. Onyx is another sponsor of this podcast, so I wanted to talk a little bit about recent imagery. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So been playing around with recent imagery, and. I'll be honest, some of it really solid, and there's still some areas that a little bit pixelated, kind of tough to figure out. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely lower resolution, right? So, like, you're not going to be able to glean anywhere near the same insight as you would just our base maps, right? Of course. But, yeah. So, how how have you been using it? Well, I mean, going to different areas, you know, for sure. Like, when we went out to North Dakota this year, being able to actually, like, look and see how much water there actually was in the area. Now, and the reality of it is, right, like, you may not get a a good enough necessarily, like, image to know, you know, how tall corn stalks are or, you know, something like that. But being able to figure out, like, is there water in this area? Is Mm -hmm. there, you know, especially for guys that hunt, like, in my mind, I went straight to, like, down south. Yeah. You know, because of the river floods, right? Mm -hmm. And trying to figure out how much water you have. I mean, you read the reports so you can see how much, how high the water is. But if you don't know an area, right? Like if you don't know, okay, at this gauge height, it's, it's going to be up through this bayou, which is going to flood this area. If you don't know that, right? Yeah. And, and looking down too, I was using it to look down in the Mississippi river bottoms and just figuring out what areas in there have a good amount of water standing or don't. I mean, you get into like, for us, like November duck hunting, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to figure out like what's worth it. Where do you go? I mean, just seeing like what's actually there for water levels. Super cool, man. Yeah. It's unbelievable. What an unreal tool, man. Yeah. It's, uh, I think, I think we... What the heck? We won. We won some award for it. It was like Times Best Something. I'll really? Have to, I, I'll have to look it up. But yeah, yeah. dude. Um, On top of that, CarPlay. Golly, is that a game changer? Yeah, that is so damn nice to not have to flip between different maps. Looking at your phone, looking yep. at your truck, especially too. Like when you're scouting, what you're not you're not using GPS. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not yeah. typing in, like, right. my next location. You just kind of find an area, and then you're just driving around. Yeah. So being able to just have that kind of up on the screen. Joey's truck has Apple CarPlay. Mm-hmm. So when we're driving around scouting, it's just, it's awesome. Yeah. And and I will say this. Like, Android Auto has just been a pain in our ass. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm sure, I'm sure someone will contact you, like, oh, what the fuck? Where's Android yeah. Auto coming? So first off, get a new phone. Get an, right. get an iPhone. Get right? a good phone. Yeah, and they oh, hate no that. And they fucking hate. Oh that. yeah, big but time. But anyway, so uh, Android Auto is coming out like very soon. So for all you Android folks, hang tight. Yep, it's gonna be all right, man. I've I've said it like a hundred times, but it's really coming. Now. It's really coming now. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> but yeah, so it was. Anyways, the recent imagery was. Uh, it was the Times 200 best inventions of 2023. Holy shit! Yeah. Is that something you guys have to put in for, or do they just seek and find? Yeah, out, we, like, we I think we we put in for it. Yeah, but yeah, Damn, it was dude. it's pretty cool. That is so insane. Time. Yeah, yeah man. Damn. Mm-hmm. Making moves, man. Yeah, it was. It's like for a hunting company, right? Like, yeah, of all the industry and all the shit going on. No so it was shit. like that was a that was a pretty big honor. So here's the one thing I'm gonna say. I don't care what you do, and I don't care who you have to bribe. But my God, if you guys don't get into Canada soon, it's because Canada, dude, like using maps in Canada, what they have yeah. up there is so bad, dude. Yeah. Canada is just an interesting 
beast. And it, it, you know, just just leveling like they're not very, there's not that many people in Canada. Yeah, like there are more hunters in like if you pick like four U.S. states. Like if you would pick, I don't know, let's just say like Pennsylvania, Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Like that's all the hunters in Canada. Yeah. So it, it's like the 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 effort to to reward, right? Yeah. But yeah, like is that something that'll ever happen? You think? Yeah, and like we we've got we've got some things in Canada, right? Like public land, that yep. kind of thing. But like the private land ownership right. data for sure, and you know, like the the government in Canada, Trudeau's buddies are just a pain in the ass to oh, work yeah. with. So we'd love to, absolutely love to do it, but. Um, There's some barriers to break down first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And oh. and well, it's like it, honestly, it's essentially what we had to do in in the beginning in the U.S. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the counties didn't have digitized maps, right? They were all on paper. They didn't yeah. have GIS systems. So yeah, a lot of those counties, and this is this predates my time, but we would go to them and say, Onyx would go and say, Hey, if you give us your maps, we'll digitize them for you, but then we get the data too. Really? Yeah. Holy shit, that's crazy. Yeah. Damn, yeah. that must have been some serious legwork for some people. <laughs> oh, for sure. That's insane. Yeah, so, like, that's that's the situation a lot of these, I guess, the RMs, rural municipalities, like, yeah, like, they don't they don't have the resources, they don't have a GIS team to, to oh, digitize shit, right? all their maps, right? So yeah. even if you look at, like, the best options available in Canada, like, it's all just, like, imagine just, scanning a pdf and and overlaying it onto a map like that's what you get dude we used i used um eye hunter up yep, there yep. to try to find private land information what a fucking worthless spy oh. that was i mean and it's unbelievable you have to pay like 30 bucks just to get it and then it's like per one, zone. one little area correct so you buy per zone yeah. so you're like looking in an area and then you might find some birds well you buy the zone doesn't even have the information you need yeah you know so now you're like wow what a waste of time and if you drive more than like 20 miles to a new area it's a new zone you gotta buy another you gotta buy another yeah. zone mm-hmm. so i mean dude we were like sitting there and after the first zone that i bought they didn't have the information that you needed to actually find like, a landowner why like, are you selling this shit what the hell am i doing up here you know <laughs> we went to a new zone joey's like yeah, yeah yeah we should buy the zone i'm like we're not buying the zone dude <laughs> everything that we've bought so far up here for iHunter has done absolutely <laughs> kaput for us yeah i am not spending another 30 bucks for the zone right i mean by this time you're like i think i had spent like 80 dollars. you know we bought like two <laughs> zones and i bought the app you know and naturally yeah. you know joey's not a tech guy yeah so he doesn't know how to do this on his phone or so he says so it's me so i'm like bro I've spent like $80 of my own money buying zones for nothing so far. Exactly. Like, this is such a waste. Gosh. And all I could, yeah, the whole time we were just like, how do these guys even like yeah. function out well. here without, which that's when you realize how much you use Onyx. Dude. I know. And maybe that's, yeah, there's nobody up there, right? There's we didn't, nobody. Look, we didn't see anyone for. Dude, that's, yeah. that is like the most I've ever realized how much I rely on Onyx. Yeah, you just take it for granted now, Totally. Right? It's just a natural, normal part of what we do and how we hunt. Yeah. Just being able to go to an area, find the landowner, figure out who owns it, and then go and talk to him. Exactly. You have an address, usually, so if you have to drive yeah. to someone's house and just knock on a door, yeah. it's unreal, man. And, and the other thing is, like, just to Google their... In the U.S., it seems like you Google anyone's name, you can get their phone number. And yeah. up in Canada, it's like... Mm. Like no, I because called, there's no information. No, and I called like, like one landowner. It was like I called, I I I looked up their name, 
and I found like what appeared to be his daughter who lived in Calgary. So I called his daughter and it's like, Hey, this is a, this is very odd why I'm yeah. calling you, but yeah. I'm looking for your dad. <laughs> yeah. She's like, Oh yeah, yeah. Here's a number. And I forget, you forget how nice people are in Canada. Right. right it's like, right. Oh yeah, of course you'll just like pick up a random no number shit. from the state. If I get a random number on my phone, I'm like, fuck that. Yeah. No, no chance. Decline immediately. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> you can anyways. leave me as many voicemails as you want. Yeah. Oh, the other thing. I want to know if you experience this. Did you knock on any doors in the morning when you were up in Canada? Yeah, the first day? Is no. Maybe not. Just afternoons. Yeah, I think just afternoons, Ben. Oh, man. So you missed out. You missed out. Oh, so, no. Tell me the story. <laughs> no, there's lots of... I mean, every time I knocked at a door, didn't matter man or woman, always showed up to the door in a bathrobe. Yes. Every single time. Yes. And like the first time it was, it was kind of early, but I figured they're farmers. They'll be up. And I knocked and this lady came to the, into the door with her bathrobe on. And I was like, oh shit. Like, I'm super sorry. Like, this is too early to be knocking on the door. And, and then like, like the next person was like 1230 in the afternoon. Fucking knock on the door, show up in a bathrobe and slippers. It's some <laughs> like middle-aged dude. It's like, huh. So like, I don't know. I probably knocked on 10 doors when people showed up in bathrobes. So I was like, huh, they're alive and well. And I mean, I've boxers. got, a, yeah, it's like, I've got a couple bathrobes, but like, I'm not showing up to the door in a damn bathrobe, but dude, they haven't seen anyone. Yeah, they don't know how to act, bro. Yeah. <laughs> they, they peek they through f- the door like, hey, <laughs> they forget how to like interact yeah. with humans. You know, you, yeah, you don't put, you don't put just your boxers on to go to the door for yeah. someone you don't know. Yeah. So I don't usually do it for people I do know right. personally, but you know, <laughs> um, yeah, that's actually a funny story because we went to, I think we were in North Dakota, and we went and knocked on this guy's door at like three in the afternoon yeah. looking for permission, and he came to the door in just his boxers. Nice. And he had a bathrobe on. Nice. <laughs> Open. Oh, hell yeah. Open, dude. Nice. Open. Came to the door. Yeah, Joey was like, all righty then. So <laughs> what we're doing here, you hey, know? Hey, boys, you want to come on in? Dude, this guy, I think yeah. he was having his probably his 15th beer, you know? Nice. And it was about 3 p.m., Definitely was only wearing bathrobe for the rest of that month, that's I'm guessing. Awesome. That reminds me of, like, Trailer Park Boys. Like, oh. that's the vibe I, I'm feeling right now. Oh, my God, dude. Ricky? Yeah. Sleeping on the fucking ground? Yeah. Ricky yeah. and fucking Julian. Julian? Yeah. Bubbles? Yeah. You want one? Yeah. Dude, that's a, that's a legendary show. And I'll be honest, meeting some of the people in Canada, yeah. I think it's realistic. Oh, for sure. I think it's real, man. Yeah. Well, like, I remember watching that show, like, 15 years ago yeah. and I thought it was hilarious and then yeah after you see it like it's like oh shit this is kind of true and I did I went back and I was watching something on a flight to like I think it was flying to Texas this summer and I was like oh I'm gonna fucking download Trailer Park Boys yeah I was like damn this is just it's money such a great fucking not pay attention show yeah it's just it's funny it's lighthearted, but damn those guys are yeah. so Canadian. that's like Letter Kenny oh, I, yeah. that, I think that's why I got on that I finished like Letter Kenny Yep. And I was like, well, I might go and I'll go to Trailer Park Boys. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, I watched Letterkenny too. That was another really good one. Yep. I think that one, again, really realistic. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. Just, yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, how's Amos? How's my guy Amos doing? Oh, man. He's just doing Amos shit. Yeah. White boy Ricky doing his thing. Yeah. <laughs> White boy Ricky. Yeah. Yeah. He had a, he had a good year. Uh, yeah. I mean, he thrives on the prairies. Like, well, you saw him. He's just a fucking rocket. Yeah. So. Yeah, he had a good year, good year in Canada. Good. We started in Montana, actually, before you went to Canada and did great up there. And, um, yeah, girls hunting, 
was it is a banger grouse here. So he did great grouse hunting. Um, yeah, now we're gonna go to Oklahoma here next week and hunt quail and. Damn, dude. Yeah, it's yeah, not super cool. Not are over. you are you done with waterfowl for the year? Ah, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna try to sneak down to down south here at the end of the year, but I think I might do Idaho instead at the end of okay. the year for chucker. Damn, so, dude. Yeah, that'd yeah. be super cool. Yeah, we'll see how it it pans out, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember like hunting with Amos. He's just such a driven dog. Yeah. Very motivated. Yes. He's a very motivated individual. He sure is, dude. 100%. <laughs> when did you really get into dogs, man? Mm. Yeah. I mean, when I really like kind of fell over the top is like when I got Annie in 2015. Yeah. Um, got into like the dog, like the testing, the training, all that. And then one dog turned into two, turned into Four turned into five. So. You have five right now. Yeah. Well, Fred, he was in the last two. Yeah, couple, I remember that. Yeah. Little Fred was just, I don't know. Just a baby, dude. He was, he little, was like eight weeks old. Yeah, he was a little puppy. Sure. Yep. Yeah. So. Did you hunt him quite a bit this year? Or you, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was, he was uh, you know, young when we started, but I got him out and he just got to experience everything, life on the road, ran him quite a bit and he's got a really nice run. He's like, a, he's a setter, so he's an English setter, which they... Compared to a pointer, they mature a lot slower. Okay. Which is just kind of a trait of a setter. So they sometimes they might not really turn it on till two years old. Yeah. But the nice thing about like a pointer, it would be like a linebacker, right? They are just fucking, they will hammer their body. They, they damn near come out of the box ready to go. Yeah. Like they're <laughs> just pointing fools. They run. They're, yeah, out of the box. But... With that, you like the longevity suffers a little bit. So yeah. you, where you'll get, you know, uh, from a pointer, you might be super productive hunting from a year till nine years old. For a setter, it might not start till two or three, but then you get till, you know, 11, 12 even, right? Where, so you're kind of getting the same time span. Yeah, they're just not so hard on maybe. there. They're, they're generally not as, I shouldn't, I mean, generally not as hard running. Yeah. Um, Did you hunt a dog in Canada, like, for ducks yeah is, is that amos uh no fuck no okay I, that's what i wanted to know like does amos hunt ducks i'm <laughs> no. trying to since i hunted with you when we went yeah. out that day and you you know remember we had that shitty hunt in the yeah, afternoon yeah. and you walked him around yeah all i could i was talking to joey and i'm like i just i can't even imagine that dog trying to hunt ducks dude no <laughs> Do you like hunt annie? annie and herbie okay i'd just be like trying to like sit with a crack addict in the blind and be yeah. like dude like you just cannot <laughs> sit still dude he is he's a wild dog man yeah. he's so cool yeah he's just he's very motivated and he's he's thinking action now oh yeah if you if you if you sit there and i have him and i break him away i say all right go on like he'll run a thousand yards yeah like just without stopping yeah so no not he is not a duck dog doesn't yeah. really retrieve well i don't really want him to retrieve but yeah so i had and oh, I had all of them up there because I was hunting Huns too, but uh, yeah, Annie and Herbie are the Annie's. She's she loved duck hunting. Like she was, she grew up duck hunting a lot more. Like she's a damn good duck dog, but she she's got three and a half legs. So yeah, yeah. What happened to her one leg again? She had a uh, it's called like a spinal stroke. So essentially, it's a piece of cartilage from a disc that breaks off, lodges into a blood vessel that supplies blood to the spinal cord yeah and so like it happened to be her back leg that it impacted so like she's gained some of it back but like she definitely moves with a limp like a gimp in her back yet legs so. yeah but perfect for swimming yeah she's uh 
She's not fast. She never was fast, but that she will never stop. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Are there are there certain trips where like mileage wise, like what's a good mild day for Amos where he's like you can see him start to decline in like his drive and throughout the day? Um, you know, once we get to about like I don't know. I mean, I normally stop him before he'll do that, but like I think the most I've ran him during a day is probably like 45 miles he's ran in a day. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Dude. That's crazy. And I had him one day, I think in the grouse woods, he ran 35 miles. So like you're running through a forest, like through a thick trees. So, Oh my God. How many miles do you put on those days? Probably think? like nine, nine miles each of those days. Yeah. Like probably eight or nine miles. <sighs> Dude. He's a psychopath. Yeah. Yeah, he's a 100%. psychopath, dude. Yeah. So cool, though. It'd be fun to give him math and see what happened. Oh, my God. Yeah, he'd probably go 60 <laughs> miles, you know? Yeah, but, it, I mean, like, yeah, he averages, like, he, like in a run, he'll average about 12 or 13 miles an hour. Like, for a four-hour hunt, he's consistently running 12 miles an hour. Dude, that yeah. is so crazy. When you bought him, did you have an inkling that he was going to be like that based on his parents? or were Yeah, you that's like, what I hoped for. Yeah, yeah that's what I wanted. Yeah. So, yeah, with the setter, he doesn't run quite as, like, big or as hard. And I kind of, like, I was like, oh, damn. But it's also kind of nice because I, you know, with Amos, like, if I don't pay attention for 10 minutes, you know, and generally he won't. He'll come back and check in or whatever. But if you're on the prairie, like, all of a sudden he, like, the GPS will be like, oh, fuck, he's at, like, a half a mile away. Yeah. And it's like, well, and the nice <laughs> thing about Fred is he doesn't do that. Like, I don't have to worry about it that much. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's really cool, though. Yeah. Uh, before we get back into it, one of our other sponsors for this podcast is First Light, which First Light has been working their asses off on these waterfall products, and we've been helping them make them even better. So small little details, like minor changes to them, um, trying to just get them so they fit really good. But they have some insane products coming out in 24, including the waders, which nice. I don't know if you've seen the waiters or I not. I have seen them, yeah. They're super nice, and they've got, I think one of my favorite things that they're doing with some of the stuff is they have integrated that molly system. Oh. Which, for a lot of guys that hunt big game and whitetail, yeah. makes a lot of the accessories that they have for those types of hunting applicable to waterfall stuff now. So, molly system. So, go check out First Light, firstlight.com. Uh, ben, I wanted to ask you, outside of Canada... Mm-hmm. What's your, like, favorite place? If you could have, like, one more duck hunt, you know, each year, where would you pick it? If you could just pick anywhere, where mm. would you go? You've kind of hunted a lot of places. Yeah. Hunted all good, over. That's a good question. Because um, you, you know, can't always guarantee the birds. No. Play, I mean, places I have hunted that I'd, that I'd like, this is where I'd love to go again. Um, yeah. Hmm. Well, a couple places down in, actually, in Mississippi, so... Uh, one would, was Will Primos's old farm it was called Rivers Run, um, and that place was incredible. I mean, it yeah. was it was, I think I mean he he put in tens of millions of dollars into creating duck habitat. Yeah, and like it would you'd have pretty much you'd have like a, a flooded timber situation, flooded oaks, and it would be gravel. So you could walk nice, and then it'd be moist soil underneath it, and it was just a special place to watch ducks come through the trees. So that was fun. Um, you know. What's on your bucket list? Bucket list? Alaska. 
for ducks. Yep. Yeah. Specifically, like a uh, specific duck. I want to go shoot Harleys. Yeah. Like eiders. Like yes. Don't get me wrong. I'd love yeah. to go do that, but Harlequin. Yeah. Have you thought about going to like Maine or Washington and doing that? Yeah, that would be the other thing. Like we were talking, like the Snake River to go, or sorry, like the Columbia. Yeah. Out in was that Washington, Oregon? Oregon. Yeah. 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 To go do that. Yeah. That would be killer. Like some of those. Like some of those photos and videos you see out of there, and I drove so that cool. that Columbia River Gorge there. Did you to Portland uh, when we I was out there quail hunting last year? You made it alive out of Portland, huh? Yeah, Portland's a shithole. Don't go Scary there. Scary deal. <laughs> yeah, we stayed in like a suburb, but I was driving through, and it was like I was curious because I was like, I want to see all this shit, and then like it's 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 legi- shit. It's legit. Yeah, yeah. So sorry. Dr- drugs are a hell of a thing, right? They will get you. Yes, eventually. they will. Yep. Yep, my dad said the dirty little secret about <laughs> drugs is to make you feel really good for a little while. <laughs> but then everything turns to shit yeah. <laughs> really quick, depending on the drug. Yeah. Yeah, welcome West Coast. <laughs> no doubt, man. Yeah. Scary deal. But yeah. Uh, yeah, dude, that would be, I've never done sea duck hunting. Neither have I. Yeah. I, that's, that is something that like a lot of guys I know have done and it's just like, it's got to be on my bucket list. Yeah. And so I think Harlequin or, I mean, eventually, dude, I'd love to shoot a King Eider. Yeah. But that's just like such an insane trip to do. Mm-hmm. And it takes so much planning. So. Yeah. And I don't know what, like, like if, and a lot of this comes as like, all of a sudden, if I got a burning desire and I was like, I'm going to go do it, then I'd get fired up for it. But yeah. Um, You're an yeah. upland guy. Well, you know. yeah. Um, <laughs> What else was I, uh, I had another one. Oh, Oh, like talking about sea duck hunting, one of the things I wanted to do, and I've been wanting to do this for like the last 10 years, is so Isle Royal on Lake Superior, we used to go up there and fish lake trout in October, which is just, uh, I mean, that's an adventure in itself. That's Isle yeah. Royal is like uh, 40 miles. I've never been. 40 miles off the coast of Minnesota. Yeah. Up the North Shore. And so we used to boat out there, stay, camp on Isle Royale, and then go fish Lakers in October. You and it, boated out there? Yeah. We'd go take like a 20, 22-foot 20, oh. walleye boat and rip out there in, in October. Holy shit. Yeah. How long were you in a boat? Well, I mean, we'd go, depending on how the conditions were, if the like crossing conditions were nice, like you could be across in, in under an hour. Like we had trips under Spores, an hour out yeah, there, right? Yeah, going, going 40 fi- miles, yeah, 50, 50 miles, miles an, an hour. hour. Yeah. But... It's also taken us three hours. For sure. Which is just, I mean, there's been some scary shit out there, like, where it's like, hmm, we might die. Yeah. How so, big is that body, uh, that piece of land? Oh, Isle Royal, I don't know. It's probably 60 miles long by maybe 20 wide. It's quite, it's big. You think there's quite a few people living out there? Or no. Or is it just like, no, is it's a national living park. out there? It's a national park. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so like there's there's some like infrastructure on the north end, like tourism, like Rock Harbor, I think it's called. That they've got a hotel, a seasonal hotel, and they've got some services. So out some there. people are living out there. I don't think they live there year round because okay. a lot of the times that in between Isle Royal and the mainland that'll freeze, right? So like I don't getting back and forth. I guess you could fly, but that'd be a hell of a deal. I don't think anyone's flying into a national park. I don't, I don't know. know. No landing strips. I don't know, but. <laughs> Uh, so, so these we, people are legit boating to work every day that far? Well, no, fuck no. Okay. They stay out there. There's a ferry that yeah. comes every day in the summer, but like come October, it's pretty much shut down. Yeah. So we'd go boat out there, stay at these primitive campsites. But the amount of ducks, like really, like scoters, uh, long tails, like 
filthy. I mean, like you a lot would of see, divers. Yeah, but like a lot of sea ducks, like mostly sea ducks. Yeah, harlequin. I didn't see any. Yeah, I wish if I, if yeah. if that was the case, I'd yeah, be I'd out there already. Yeah, yeah, but and you have to like the thing is you have to stay off. There's like a buffer around it that you can't hunt. Sure, around because it's a national park. But so you'd be uh, layout boat hunting. Yeah, but but if you if somebody wanted a damn adventure. To go out and do that, yeah, layout boat. If you if, if someone's interested, oh, dude, take me with. <laughs> we should do it. Yeah, we'd have to get a big get a big tender boat. Get, yeah, I'm sure I could find. Get we like could a, figure it out. Yeah, we go get a dude that we uh, can make a sick video. That would be wild. That would be fun. Go catch Lakers and shoot ducks and yeah. camp on the island. Yeah. All right, man, you're getting me pumped now. Yeah, I mean, it would be like there were so many ducks. It would yeah. be easy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well. I think we're at about time here. All right. That and, was fast. And the good thing is we have a new plan. Hell yes. Yeah. We can, Hell do, something, yeah. We can do something a little crazy. Love so it. thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, man. Uh, appreciate you. I'm honored. I appreciate you. it. Ben, we'll see you next one. 100%. Hey, one more thing, guys. 